Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Each of me have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. It's electrified. Boogie, woogie, woogie. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie into the forest. Boogie. Boogie, woogie, woogie through the mud. Or boogie, woogie, woogie to work, where you boogie, woogie, woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Then you boogie, woogie, woogie to the elevator as he boogie, woogie, woogies after you, begging, please, take me with you. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xE. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. You know, I'm often asked if any of these predators I've caught can be rehabilitated. And the answer is yes, some can, if they're caught early enough. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a couple of predators who did get caught early. But it's also a tale of how dangerous a young predator can be to a very young child. And the predators I've caught, whom I'm going to talk about today, are Sebastian Rodriguez and his so-called tag-along, David Makehick. You may remember them. Sort of like the Beavis and Butthead of To Catch a Predator, only much more dangerous. And I'll get into all that in just a moment, but I do have some breaking news as we record this episode. 
For the last few days, I've been working with the Genesee County Sheriff's Department in Michigan on an undercover predator sting operation. I've done this before. It's for a new series that's going to appear both on television and on a new streaming crime network I'm putting together with a partner, Transition Films, called True Blue that's going to launch in November. I will also have a version for the YouTube channel, Have a Seat with Chris Hansen. But imagine this, 18 years since our very first predator investigation, 18 years, and just last night, we capped off an investigation here into men trying to have sex with underage boys and girls. And in one night alone, last night, we caught a police officer, an active duty police officer, trying to have sex with a teenage boy. And what's interesting about this case, and you'll see it soon on the YouTube channel and on TV, is that this guy, when he walked in, I had a sense that he was in a position of power or authority because he was indignant that I would question him about his activity, that I would have his transcripts, that I would confront him with the bottle of lube he had set on the counter when he arrived to have sex with a teenage boy. And when the Genesee County Sheriff's deputies searched his high-end vehicle, they found three guns and a pair of handcuffs. And it didn't take long to figure out that this man had been a police officer, was a police officer, in fact, at a small town in Michigan. He had actually been a police officer in two other locations, including Oxford, Michigan, which was the scene a few months ago of a mass high school shooting, ironically. One of the other fellows that we caught who surfaced in our investigation was a ranking executive with a local automotive supplier, and he arrived to have sex with an underage girl. He tried to tell me that he found out about this social media platform he was on from a friend, and he had heard that there were young girls wanting to do bad things, and he was just there to help her out because her parents were gone set it straight. He had children of his own. I asked him how he'd feel if somebody did that to his kids. He didn't think he'd like it that much. Anyway, that's the update, the breaking news from here. Now back to Sebastian and his so-called tag-along. As I mentioned, it would be somewhat humorous to go back and watch these guys as they come into our investigation in Riverside, California. Remember, Riverside was our third investigation, the first one where we collaborated with law enforcement, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Late at night, after a lengthy chat, you see Sebastian appear. Now, Sebastian's 20 years old at the time he lived in North Hollywood. And I had a sense, or we had a sense during the investigation that maybe two guys would show up, but nothing was concrete. We did, however, see another fellow lurking about and walking up the side of the house. So we knew it was a possibility. And I always think that Slave to Mistresses and Tennis Boy 213 was the first time that we had two predators show up at the same time. But this is actually it. And we don't know if David, the tag-along, really knew what he was in for. In fact, he was never prosecuted in this case. He wasn't involved in the chat He was 22, and they let him go. He has steadfastly maintained for all these years that he had no idea that 
his buddy Sebastian, who, as I said, was 20 at the time, had his eyes set on having sex with a 12-year-old girl in this case. The 12-year-old went by Missy Prissy 93. And there's no question when you look at the chat that he knew, Sebastian knew the girl was 12. He comments specifically on this. Let me give you just a highlight from the chat. This again was a chat between a decoy at Perverted Justice, the online watchdog group which we partnered with. So right off the bat, Sebastian underscore L-A-V-C, that's his screen name, is in a chat room. Hey, he says to Missy Prissy 93, ASL, 12, female, California. Okay, right away, 12, female, California. What does Sebastian say? Cool. We're in Cali. Oh my God, you are so hot, he says. Is that you on your profile? Yeah, LOL, she says. Cool. And it didn't take very long to find this section of chat that is so damning. I mean, this is right off the top. I mean, normally in these cases, there's some talk of, you know, you're too young. I'm very nervous. This is wrong. They at least pretend in the beginning that they're not going to fulfill this fantasy of being with somebody so young as 12. Not uh, Sebastian, though. Aside from the fact he lies in the beginning and says he's 16, I'll get into that in a minute, he has no reservation whatsoever about having sex with a 12-year-old girl. And this, arguably, is the most dangerous kind of predator. He's young enough for an easy grooming process. He may even look young enough to pass as being younger than 20. But he's dedicated, for whatever reason, to have sex with a 12-year-old girl, 12 years old. Very damaging. Missy Prissy 93, I'm in Mira Loma. Cool, I'm in North Hollywood, says Sebastian LAVC. He says he's 16, as I mentioned. Is that okay? Want to talk on the phone? Dude, I'm looking for older, Sawi. So the decoy is saying that 16 is too young because she wants the guy to buy her beer. You can't buy beer, neither. Hey, well, I'm really 20. Is that okay, babe? I want someone who is 12 so bad. Oh, my God. Is 20 okay? So can I call you? Now, this is literally just minutes into the conversation. 12 minutes into the conversation. Babe, you there? So I'm 20. Is that okay? That's cool. K-E-W-L, she says. Okay, cool. Want to talk on the phone? He wants to move this from the chat to the phone. Now, my guess is because it would leave less of a record and he could more effectively groom her. Please, babe, can I call you on the phone, please? No, it goes to my mom, Sally. I got to call you. Okay, will you call me right now? Why right now? I'm charging the phone, she says. I don't know, so we can talk. LOL. Can it be in a couple of minutes? Okay, he says. Want my number? So Sebastian right away gives his phone number. It's 818. That's a West Coast area code. Okay, hold on. My mom's talking to me. Be right back, she says. But are you going to call me? Yeah, I'll call you in like five, KK. But call me for sure. I really want to talk to you. Once again, he gives his number. And I'll answer. It's my cell. He's really pushing hard here. And ultimately, there is a phone call. And the chat continues. He says he wants to come over and visit. 
But because he's only 20 and the drinking age is 21, the decoy says, you can't bring me Mike's, frowny face. LOL, I will, babe. We can eat at your house. So he knows that even though he's 20, there's a way for him to get Mike's, Mike's hard lemonade, which is what the decoy asked for. And I know where Corona is. It's like an hour away from where I live. I could drive there. So are you talking to other guys about coming over too? LOL, she says, no, should I? Because I think I should be the one that you pick because I'm hot. What are we going to do, she asks. We can eat, watch a movie, hang out. That kind of boring, she says. LOL, I want to play with you. Would you let me? Question mark. I would please you really good. Trust me. What do you mean? Says the decoy. Like make out and touch you and stuff. Are you a virgin? Yeah, cool. But I done stuff before, she says. Cool, he says. What's the farthest you have gone with a guy? I touched him and stuff. Cool. What would you want to do tonight? I don't want to get pregnant, she says. LOL, you won't, babe. Why you say that? We could just play, or I could use two condoms. That would be the same. Two condoms. Apparently, that would guarantee that no matter what happens, Sebastian would not impregnate this 12-year-old girl. For reals? She asks. Yeah, that would make it... That would make it safe, I promise. He says same, but he means safe. You gotta bring them, because I don't got none. LOL. Yeah, I would bring some. Well, you'll see in just a few minutes here, he, he lives up to his promise. Sebastian says again... Would you want to have sex? And if it hurt, I could touch you and eat you out and stuff? Hey, I gotta pee, she says, and go shower. I'm going invisible, but I'll be back in like 15, okay? Going invisible so peeps don't bug me. Babe, I really want to do this, and I don't want you to find another guy. So not only is he desperate to hook up for sex with the 12-year-old girl, he wants to make sure that she is not going to hook up with anybody else. And this is a disturbing trait among many others shown here, of course. This control factor. This is a guy for whom, if there isn't some sort of intervention, treatment, incarceration, monitoring, this guy will become a dangerous offender. And we know this from therapists and experts in this field. This is a guy who's on his way to be a hardcore, heavy-hitting predator. He may look like just a goofy 20-year-old, but he's not. He presents a danger. And this is why I always say, you know, when people say, well, he's only 19, he's 20, you know, you shouldn't go so hard on these guys. Well, I do approach them differently because of their age. But what's the difference in reality between a 20-year-old guy who has sex with a 12-year-old girl and a 38-year-old guy who does it, or a 48-year-old guy, or a 58-year-old guy? There is no difference. It's an adult having sex with a child. And that will alter that child's life forever in sometimes horrifying ways. The chat continues. He's boasting about how I'm cute, I promise. Hella yeah, LOL, she says. Can you bring mics too? What do you mean? Mics to drink. Oh, what are mics, he says. Lemonade and stuff, but booze. LOL, okay, I will for sure, babe. But what's your address? MapQuest can't find it. Okay, when you get here, just go through the gate. She gives out the address talks about sneaking him in and remember in the Riverside, California investigation it was a really nice middle to upper middle class neighborhood homes were pretty big and we had the predators park out front or down the street and come 
along the sidewalk next to the house and come in through the back sliding glass door. And we had that red curtain up. We had all these videos of guys peeking in and then walking in and having a short conversation with Del Harvey, who was then with Perverted Justice. And Del would act as both a young man and young woman in these cases. But very rarely was Del seen. Occasionally, she would have a ball cap on or the predator would see her for a moment. Usually, it was just a discussion with Dell around the corner, up the stairs, and then once the predator got into position, I would step in right away. And that's pretty much what happened here with Sebastian. So Sebastian walks in, and he's nervous. And there's a little bit of chit-chat, and I'll play that for you here. Here. What was that? So you can see that Sebastian's coming through the kitchen and he can't hear what Dell is saying. And basically it's, I'm going to be upstairs cleaning up and washing my hands. I'll be right back down. But he moves pretty quickly. I mean, he's nervous, but he's not as skittish as you would think a fellow would be. Now, he's got a bag containing Mike's hard lemonade, as promised. And as you see Sebastian poke his nose down the hallway to hear better what Dell is saying. You can also see David the Tagalong peering in through the sliding glass window as well. Then I walk in with my signature line. Sebastian is obedient. He complies and so does David. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. Spicy in, please. Right now, have a seat right on that, uh, yeah. So what are you guys up to? Nothing. Nothing. Just came to hang out. Yeah, him up. Where are you going to hang out? Oh, this girl I met. Really? Yeah. And, and what are your guys' names? Sebastian Rodriguez. Sebastian Rodriguez. Yeah. And so you're Sebastian, uh, L-A-G-C? Yeah. And who are you? Oh, I'm just the tagalong. Yeah, he's just one person. You're just the tagalong. And what's your name? David. Now, about six times during this conversation, you'll hear... Tag along. I'm just the tag along. He's just the tag along. He wasn't here to do anything. It's almost like they rehearsed this on the way over. Okay, I'm 22. I could buy the Mike's Hard Lemonade, but remember, if something goes wrong here, if the parents walk in, I'm just the tag along. I really didn't think that they believed the police would be there. They really thought, I mean, if you look at them and see their demeanor, they really thought that they could get away with this. At least one of them would have sex with a 12-year-old, and the other would probably take part as well. And they're trying to figure out exactly what they've walked into. Sebastian takes a seat. Tag-along David is behind him, but they move around a little bit, and I let them. I didn't sense a lot of danger here. And tag-along David is consuming nervously a energy drink. He's got a big 16-ounce can, and I ask him about that, and he explains it. And our conversation continues, and they want to say that they're just here to meet a girl, and hey, this is no big deal. And David, how old are you? 22. 22. And where do you guys live? I live in North Hollywood. In North Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what are you drinking there? No beer. Uh, so it's just an energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't drink on that. So who, who were you guys here to see tonight? I don't know. It's just... 
A girl I met on the internet. A girl you met on the internet. Yeah. And how old uh, is that girl disclosed? I don't know. What did she tell you? We just talked. We said we were going to come over. Why? We weren't going to do anything. Yeah, but what age did she give you on the internet in the chat? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what age. We're just coming over to hang out. Now, he's picking at his face. He's nervous. Tag along David moves over to one side, and they're doing this little dance. And again, I don't get the sense that they're going to run or somehow try to harm me. They were both, I would say, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and I pretty much towered over them. I've got the transcripts. I'm dressed as if I'm in a position of authority. And they're about to learn, after some very aggressive questioning here, that none of what they're telling me at this point is going to hold up. She did give you an A. I can't remember. I really did pay attention, sir. Twelve, she said. Yeah, that's bad. Twelve years old. And you saw her picture, right? In her profile? Well... You did? Yeah, I did. You did. And how old did she look in the picture? I don't know, I'd say 16. She sounded old, that's why I talked to her. But she told you she was 12. I know, but she yes. sounded old. She sounded old, sir. That's a bunch of crap. She said she was 12. The picture was unmistakably underage and close to 12. And Sebastian, in his online chat, made it very clear that he wanted to have sex and that the fact that she was 12 was a turn on to him. So you have to wonder, you know, what made Sebastian want to have sex with a 12-year-old? I mean, it was almost as if he was looking for somebody who was 12 to target. Not, you're too young, I could get caught, this is dangerous. It was, are you okay with this? Are you cool with it? And on the phone, she did not sound older, by the way. I listened to some of the phone conversations. You say, I want someone who is 12 so bad, oh my God. That's what you said, right? Right. She says, what's your name? You say, Chris. Yeah. Do you also go by Chris, Sebastian? No. So you just gave it in? Yeah. Am I in trouble, sir? Little by little, the story falls apart. In fact, Sebastian online told the decoy posing as the 12-year-old girl that his name was Chris, part of his cover-up. And now he gets more concerned, asking, am I in trouble, sir? He's very deferential. The tag-along is guzzling. I mean, literally guzzling this energy drink, pacing behind it. She asks about bringing Mike's hard lemonade. Yeah, I did. What is bring it? My so that's okay to bring that to a 12-year-old? No, it's not okay, sir. I'm not. You talk about what you're going to do, like make out and touch you and stuff. Are you a virgin? Yeah, cool. Did you bring condoms with you, Sebastian? I did. You did? Do you have them in your pocket? Yes, sir. Put them on the counter. Am I going to go to jail, sir? That's not up to me, Sebastian. It's not up to me. I really want to go over. Are we really going to do it? Now, um... David, what did your buddy Sebastian here tell you about what was going to go on here tonight? Really nothing. I just came along. Just a tag along. So just a tag along. I yeah, really so didn't. I really wasn't planning on doing anything, sir. I was just going to come over here. Seriously. You but, got nice hard lemonade. You got condoms. Sounds like you were planning to have sex with this girl. I'm not, sir. But why would you bring this stuff, Sebastian? Sir. How does that look? I know, sir. I know, sir. I know, sir. Now he's got both hands over his face, rubbing downwards. He knows he's in trouble. 
He's worried about going to jail, but he's going to stick up for his buddy. He's not going to throw the tag along under the bus. Later, I ask more about whether or not tag-along David knew what was going on. And they stick to the tag-along story. I said, well, how do you guys know each other? And David tells a story about how his mother kicked him out of the house in Utah, and he came here to get his life in order. Well, hanging out with Sebastian as his tag-along, going to meet a 12-year-old girl with Mike's Heart Lemonade and condoms didn't seem like a great way to put his life in order. I'm so sorry. I don't know what to say. I don't want to go to jail. What would have happened if I wasn't here? And a 12-year-old girl was here? Nothing, so I wouldn't have done anything with her. How come you brought your tag along? Because I just brought him because I wasn't going to do anything, sir. I just wanted him to come with me. I really wasn't planning on doing anything, sir. I just wanted to come see. Well, the other option would have been that the two of you had some sort of plan cooked up. No, no, sir. She said she was Finally, I tell Sebastian and his tag-along who I really am. And their concern turns from going to jail to being on television and their family finding out that they're trying to connect with a 12-year-old girl for sex. Did you guys ever watch TV? Yeah, yeah we do. Oh, she. Did you ever watch Dateline NBC? I haven't. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on people going on the internet trying to meet okay. kids. What about these cameras? Are we going to be on TV? Or? Well, we don't know that yet. We're doing a story, and we haven't made any final decisions about who's going to be. What if I don't want to be on TV? What if I don't want to be on TV? Well, Sebastian, bad news for you. We caught you in the commission of a felony, and we don't need your permission to put you on TV. Now, if there's anything else you'd like to say about what you're doing here tonight, we'd be happy to hear it. And if not, you're obviously free to go. Great. Thanks a lot, sir. I'm just just (laughs) Thanks a lot. And these two think they're just going to waltz back up the sidewalk and get in their car, laugh about it at some point, realize they had a close call, and that'd be it. But not so fast, because the Riverside County Sheriff's Department was waiting for them. The two were arrested. Ultimately, David the Tagalong was released. He did not take part in the chat, and while his behavior was suspicious, and perhaps there could have been charges of purchasing the Mike's Hard Lemonade for a minor, he was let go. Now, Sebastian, because of the chat, was not so lucky. Sebastian was prosecuted for attempted lewd and lascivious behavior with a minor under 14. And he was convicted, spent three months in jail, served probation, and is a lifetime registered sex offender in the state of California. The last time we checked on Sebastian, he was working in the mortgage business in the greater Los Angeles area. And as far as we could tell, he has not reoffended, And we can only hope that he is one of those younger predators who received an intervention and some sort of treatment along the way, or at least the threat of further incarceration, and has gone straight. I reached out to Sebastian at his office where he works and have not heard back. David has maintained over the years 
that um, he had no idea the girl they were going to visit was underage and that Sebastian didn't share any of this. So what's the lesson here? The lesson, I think, is that a 20-year-old shouldn't get a break, especially when we're talking about a victim, a potential victim who's 12. In fact, ironically, during this recent predator investigation, I became aware of a case where a 12-year-old girl was targeted by an adult whom she met on Instagram. That case is active right now, and we'll have more on that very soon on my YouTube channel, Have a Seat with Chris Hansen. As you know, we like to hear from you here at Predators I've Caught, and I always encourage you to send in your questions, and if you can, put them in an audio file. Sometimes the questions are even a little bit lighthearted, let's just say. This week, the question comes from Luke in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Hey, Chris, this is Luke, and I'm from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I've been a fan of yours for a very long time, since your days at NBC with your subsequent investigations, your YouTube show, and as well as your podcast. I was browsing the subreddit the other day, fans, Hanson versus Predator, and someone asked a question that I figured I'd ask the man himself. If there were ever to be a museum dedicated to Chris Hansen or to catch a predator or an exhibit at a museum, which items from your series of investigations do you think would end up in that exhibit? My answer to that question would be the pair of recliners, maybe from the Bowling Green Sting. I think that would be really cool. And I think people and fans from all around the world would travel to that museum. I know I certainly would. Thanks again for all you do, Chris. God bless you. We'll see you around. Luke, that's a, that's a great question, and uh, thank you for that. I don't know about a museum, but if we did, I think there are a number of iconic items. You're right, the Lazy Boy chairs from our investigation in Kentucky. I do have, or a friend of mine has, and it's a long story, the actual stool that we used in our Virginia investigation, the stool where the naked guy John Kennelly sat although he had a towel around himself, where the rabbi sat and all the other people in that investigation. That stool was a real piece of furniture in a home that was owned by retired FBI agent Greg Schwartz, who's a dear friend of mine who I've known for many years, who allowed us to use his home for that sting operation. That was the second one in our series. And years later, he moved but kept that stool and sent it to a friend of mine, Dan Dietz, in uh, suburban Detroit. So I believe Danny has that stool. I got to get that back from him because I think uh, I think it has to go someplace. Maybe the transcripts, Luke, as well. I think it would be informative for people to read all the transcripts. I know they're available still online through Perverted Justice. And I find it informative to go through the transcripts. And as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, doing this podcast, Predators I've Caught with Chris Hansen, reminds me how important it is and is a refresher on how to interrogate these guys in the new investigation. And the similarities are striking. Some of the same excuses and some of the same things that are said in the transcripts today are a mirror image of what I saw 18 years ago. The mind of a predator hasn't changed. And that is why this dialogue, this awareness needs to continue. Because as I've said over and over again, and we're going to have some therapists on this show very soon, who I met at a human trafficking conference in Houston recently, to talk about some of this stuff in detail. 
but there isn't an effective way to have demand reduction for this crime. So the best defense is education, awareness, and the discussion you have with your children, your nieces, your nephews, and your cousins. And it's important, and I truly believe that. I appreciate very much you listening to this podcast. If you want to get a hold of me, you can do so at Chris at PredatorPodcast.com. Remember, I'm on YouTube. Have a seat with Chris Hansen. New television shows coming very soon, including the digital streaming network True Blue. And I'm on Cameo. Until then, I'll be watching and listening. <laughs>